0: I've come to realize reality is not how I perceive it. Reality is how my team perceives it, and that's what's true reality.
1: This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Hello, welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. I'm Katie Polson. I'm so glad to have you with us today. I'm with me. My trusty co-host today is going to be Ashley Souza, Director of Business Development here at Dental Intel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, before we get started, I wanted to invite you to join our Facebook Dental Intelligence Community. We have some great conversations about data analytics and how um, how to implement them in your practice, and just learn from other people doing it with you. It's it's a great it's a great community to be a part of. Also, if you'd be so kind to write re- and review this podcast, we read every one of them. So thank you, thank you so much for doing that. All right, Ashley, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce our esteemed guest that I'm very excited to talk to.
2: I am super excited to talk to her today as well. Kiara is the owner and founder of the Dental A Team. And she consults in over 100 dental offices nationwide. She has done almost every role in the dental practice. She does in-person dental office coaching. And her mission is to help clients achieve maximum success and efficiency. She also partnered in several dental offices and has worked in just every position. Uh, She has the skill set and perspective to help positively change the structure and culture inside your dental practice. So we have lots of great things to talk to her about today. She's going to teach us a whole bunch about gratitude in the dental practice.
1: Yeah, so super exciting. So we're continuing our conversation on team member troubles. Uh, This has been an ongoing, like the last four or five podcasts we've done talking about team member troubles because it's so Poignant right now in the industry and um, so we're so grateful for you to take your time out today to talk about that um, and and we're gonna include gratitude because well this week is Thanksgiving <laughs> so uh, what better time to talk about gratitude and uh, and do a deep dive on that so I've heard you talk about some great ideas on showing love for your team members and I wanted to first talk about um, like the why behind showing gratitude and how you see gratitude change the practices
0: that you've worked with. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks ladies for the nice warm welcome and intro. I'm super happy to be here. I love dental intelligence, love what you guys are doing and just massive kudos. So I agree, go join that Facebook community. And um, there's so many helpful tips out there. You ladies put on a great, great, uh, just a wealth of knowledge. So I'm just honored to be here. So thank you guys for uh, allowing me to be here, but you're right, showing that love in practices right now, coming as a team member and an owner and then consulting hundreds of practices I kind of feel like I get to see this 360 degree view of a practice. And so it's one of those things I'm realizing like we gotta remember who made us great and showing team members that love and showing them why they're fantastic and why we love them, value them. I especially think right now, like we just came out of 2020, 2020 taught us to slow down, to reevaluate, to reprioritize. And I don't think people, especially team members necessarily value the same things that they were valuing before. Uh, I think they value, time off they value appreciation they value all these different things so much more than they ever have and so i feel like that love and appreciation is becoming such a louder love language that these team members are craving for they've also been going through what i call the COVID crank um you got cranky team You've got cranky patients coming in you've got cranky patients calling you've got it's just there's a lot of crank i think in this world and so showing forth more of that love and gratitude i feel um it's just a spice that is is blowing people's minds um somebody being kind to you is I, I know for me like when someone's actually nice to me at the airport i'm like wow where did you come from because the new norm is being cranky and honorary. so i feel like that's that's kind of where we're coming from on teams of them just needing to feel that love and appreciation more so due to the fact that we've had such an overpowering shadow of negativity and crankiness that's just flooding these poor offices but that love and gratitude is really showing up as a paramount need versus just a
1: want yeah definitely i love what you said there for sure i i it i love the covid crank i've heard that before and it's <laughs> such a great i'm what's it we should coin that term because it really i do feel like just we felt like we've lost empathy like more so than ever in the last two years and it's it's so difficult on both sides and and we, we work in this we work so close with patients that it's so hard. I, I mean, I say this all the time on this podcast, but dentistry is so, for me, it's so much more emotional than it is physical. And so like at the end of the day, I, it's it's the patients that have been difficult, like emotionally that are the are like the hardest, you know? And so for sure. I think I people that.
0: forget, and kid, you know, being a team member, uh, Ashley, I know you know as well, being team members, those patients come in with a lot of vibes. They come in with a lot of feelings. They come in with, uh, I mean, Gosh, like answering that phone, sometimes like who was on the other end and it could be patients that are so kind typically. I just think people have forgotten, like you said, to be to be human. We forgot we became these like animalistic people that are just like, I, I don't know what has happened. And so showing that kindness, showing that love, I think we also have to remember in dentistry, it, we are taking on patient after patient after patient's emotional baggage, if you will, positive or negative and realizing that that is a drain that i don't think until now i even realized as a team mm-hmm. member in a practice is definitely. as draining as it is
1: yeah definitely that's really what it is is you're taking on their their stuff and then you, it's so hard to not take it home with you and so giving back to your team members and like letting them like expel some of that is is totally needed for sure
2: not to mention they all have like their own things going on too like all the yeah. team members have their own things going on. And I think these days, it's just a little bit heavier than it used to be. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, I mean, I don't think that we in dentistry
0: as humans um, get to say that we're able to be um, void of this COVID crank as well. I know I've been more cranky. I will show up at that airport. I'll show up to certain people. And I remember one day, this is gonna be like who period really is sometimes. I mean, I'm very mm-hmm. positive. I love life. But I remember one day we were looking at homes and my husband and i go and scope the homes out before we drive by because you know hello welcome to 2021 buying a home is insanity why we're doing it i still don't know but i remember Mm -hmm. this guy was like just at the gate and we're going at night we're gonna go check this house out and he's like do you have your agent with you obviously not it's eight o'clock at night we're scoping this house to see do we even want to go visit it trying to be polite to our realtor and also the people Mm -hmm. showing the home and the gay person was like nope there's no way i can let you go in i remember my husband and i We turned around and I was like, geez, I'm so mad. I just want to spit on him. Like literally that was the word that came out of my mouth. And I was like, who am I? Like, who have I become? Like, I literally wanted to spit on somebody because I was so mad. And it was over not letting me go through. But I feel like we forget, Ashley, to your point of, we forget that we also are experiencing this COVID crank, Mm -hmm. that we're doing things that are not our norm, um, that showing forth more love to each other, I think is a really good way to boost each other up as well.
1: For yeah, sure. that's really great. You guys so, can name this
0: Kira spitting on people like if, if we, if we it. Like, oh my gosh, why am share my true self? I don't know, but there you no, go. No, it's important <laughs> to do that. That, that
1: it, it's endearing. It really is. <laughs> we know you wouldn't actually spit on people, I really wouldn't. But. It
0: just like I don't and I, why that was my emotion that I felt like do I don't know, but you know. You
1: know, that that does say a lot about who you are because like most people there're a lot of people that would do a lot worse. Like want to do a lot worse. I just want to spit on them like an old lady. Yeah, <laughs> like an old lady like I'm so mad I could just spit. <laughs> oh man. That's so funny. Oh good. Well, I don't think that I don't think people intentionally are trying to be ungrateful right it just takes I think stopping for a minute and it's a trait that is definitely learned I I mean like just for an example we've got I've got a carpool there's one day where I drop off um, five kids at like I we got five kids in this carpool and some and one kid every time he says thank you. And I just think, oh my gosh, please let that be my kid that says thank you every time she gets out of the car. But the others, they don't. They're still cute, I love them to death, but they never say thank you for anything. And so it it has definitely, it's been on my mind at least for the past couple of months of like gratitude is a learned trait. So what ideas do you have for owners and leaders to kind of remember gratitude and how they can show gratitude to their team members?
0: Oh, I'm so excited for this question because Um, I agree with you. I think gratitude is a learned trait, but I also want to point out that I don't think it's a forever trait. I think it's like a muscle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ran a marathon. You guys today, I could not go run a marathon. Just because you achieve it, I don't think it stays. I feel like it's something that needs to constantly be nourished. Um, And so with that, some things that I love to do in offices are um, you could do a gratitude jar, a shout out jar, a high five jar, a Bravo jar, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Um, But really uh, putting in, I have an office and it says gratitude, and whenever they see a team member doing something, um, they go and actually write something about them. And then on, say, Friday, they pull it out and they read a couple of them. Um, You can shake it up. So maybe every so many months, you throw in a gift card. So whenever the first name's read, they get a gift card somewhere. So that way, it just encourages team members to reach out to one another. But then also for um, a lot of owners a lot of doctors i talk with tell me it's really awkward um to actually give compliments and to show forth love mm-hmm. and i can be empathetic to that being a female um it's much easier for me to give compliments yeah. uh, i can be very wistful in it i can be very playful in it and it comes very second like it's very very part of our, my nature if you will but i know there's a lot of male doctors that have told me like Kara. One, I don't wanna give compliments because I don't wanna ever cross a line and make a team member feel uncomfortable, which is a very valid concern. Um, Mm -hmm. Two, they're like, I don't even know how to say this. And so um, a couple of things for some owner doctors, I'll say my female doctors, even some female doctors struggle with it too. And so I have one doctor right now, um, we call it the gratitude alarm. And she just has an alarm on her phone that goes off at a certain time every day. And that is her reminder to tell somebody not always the same person, um, something that she's grateful for them, especially a a more direct gratitude, appreciation, um, and that's something that has literally changed. She got really, really negative reviews on an anonymous survey, and she's like, here, I need to change this culture. I need my team to see me as a human, not as this boss. So that was something that's worked insanely well for her. Um, I love that idea. (laughs) um, For one of my male doctors, we I'm sure his team could have figured it out. Teams are not dumb. Um, but we, we had a random acronym on his whiteboard and he would just go and cross it off. And he actually put the initial for each team member um, on his board and he would cross it off. So throughout the week, he'd make sure that he had complimented every single one of his team members throughout the week or just told them how much he appreciated them in some way to make sure he didn't forget someone. Cause we have our favorite team members that are just maybe easier for us to compliment, appreciate. I know doctor's your favorite assistant's very simple, but maybe that scheduler who's taken a beating to get your schedule full, maybe you forget that person. And so I thought those are two really easy ways that are, are quick and easy to implement, but get massive results for your team as well.
1: For sure, yeah. What do you, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you go first if you want to Ashley, but that was like so good. I, I feel like, um, I need to set an alarm in my phone now. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I love (laughs) that. (laughs) I I literally was just doing that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's really smart. And I think that you made a valid point that it's a lot, I mean, it can be uncomfortable for some people to give compliments. And I don't know that obviously, if you can work past that, like, you can get more comfortable with it right like mm-hmm. practice makes perfect and i something that i really like to say is we're in a dental practice so everything is practice so whether that's like giving you know practicing doing fillings or maybe you have a whole lot of practice with that or you're not so good at extractions but you're practicing talking to team members or presenting treatment um we'll we're always, we're always practicing. And I think that that's something that we need to remember when we're managing as well, just not doing dentistry. Um, and if you put yourself out there and practice, even if it's uncomfortable, it will definitely mean a lot to your team members. And you know what, one, one helpful tip that I wanna give people is um, sometimes when I feel uncomfortable about telling a team member something, I usually say like, hey, um, I'm telling you about this because I know it's super important, but it's really uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Um, so that really also means a lot to them. Don't you guys think? <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. I love, I love the conversations, especially about it being awkward. So my, with my, and I've talked about this a lot before, but my, with my dad being a dentist, he was, he was really quick to tell people like what he didn't like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was really good at following up with like, he was really good on the other end of giving a lot of compliments and a lot a lot of like, hey, you did really good at setting up for that extraction or whatever today. I know that that's been a weakness of yours or, or whatever it is. And so, although he could be um, harsh, I guess, is, Kind of probably too harsh of okay. to a word but he could be he's very like demanding of his assistance he he trained the best assistants because of that <laughs> but um but it was easier it was an easier pill to swallow when there was negative feedback like you're saying Ashley. when when there was gratitude involved so mm-hmm. for sure on other times yeah great super great well since we are discussing team member trouble troubles um What is and you're so good at staffing dilemmas, really in general. I want just why we have you. I wanted to pick your brain about what you think that the primary pitfall is for staffing problems um, right now, and how do we how do we fix them? (laughs) That's a loaded question. (laughs) It is a
0: loaded question. I'm like, oh gosh. Um, I think we have to just just one
1: or two. Yeah.
0: Realize that this is actually a problem um i think for quite a while for a lot of offices they were thinking like and they asked care what, what am i doing wrong and i mm-hmm. think we often think what are we doing wrong and i do think it's a good time to assess your practice to see where could you enhance this practice what what are the reasons people are leaving and don't turn a blind eye to why they're leaving um, exit interviews like like as i say that word my heart starts pounding and i just think of like the sheer terror i have of having somebody tell me that they don't like me on some level um it's very terrifying however i will say on those exit interviews that's when people will tell you the honest truth about your practice and what you can do to change and so i'd say first and foremost is if you have had people leave ask them directly and from a genuine intent of of why why did you leave and what what could be done for future for future employees and some people will say absolutely not and when they don't accept the fact that they don't trust you to change Because if people believe that you will change and that you will listen, they will tell you. Um, In the book, Raving Fans, I love that they said, the worst thing that can happen to a business is when people won't give you feedback because they've lost confidence that you'll actually change. So if a team member is willing to tell you something, take that. I had someone tell me, Kira, don't expect your team to compliment you. And like that stuck me like a dagger. And I was like, okay, like noted, thank you. Apparently I'm doing something that's coming across that way. Um, so if you can if you can find out why people are leaving and then be proactive to fix it I also like the proactive side um, so twice a year I actually suggest that you run an anonymous survey I personally use type 4 um, you can use monkey survey uh, there's lots of anonymous surveys out there but but genuinely ask your team for feedback and find out uh, I ask questions. I've had to learn not to put these surveys right before I'm about to do a team meeting. I did that one time and I was a, like a wreck. Um, and mm-hmm. I was like, I should not be putting on a team meeting. So do it at a time where you can process. So my two times I do it are November. So we just did ours. And then again in May. So it's not hitting me in the quarters. And um, I'm able to actually have time to assess before the end of the year. And then also assess before mid-year as well. But I ask questions like, if you were offered a one, two, $3, $5 raise, would you take it Um, If you had a friend looking for a job here, would you recommend them why or why not? And um, how do you rank my leadership? How do you assess me as a leader? And then this time I I changed up the questions and I had them assess every person on our team. So I think getting good feedback that's anonymous from your team members can really be, um, I would say like a flashlight in the dark. It can help you see what they need because you might say, I'm gonna throw a bunch of money and give everybody raises, but they might not actually want that. They might want some time off. Well, then you can assess and you can calculate how much would it cost me to give more time off to my team? Like, let's talk about lost production. Let's talk about hourly, like what is that cost versus giving a bonus per se and really finding out what does your team want? So I think a lot of it comes down to like, I take it as, yeah, this is really yucky. And I feel like the way I described it this year, early in the year was like Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean Where like, my boat was freaking on fire and I'm burning in the middle of the ocean. But I'm like, everything's fine. Another boat's gonna come along and I'll be fine. And then a few months later went by and I'm like, my boat's like sunk. Like, I don't know what else to do. And I think um, a lot of it is, for me, I did a, a complete culture pivot and I realized culture is paramount. And so I actually changed up the core values of our company um, I started doing Friday five where I literally send an email every single Friday of five updates, shout outs, compliments, whatever you want, every single Friday. And I would say culture is a slow burn. It's not something that's an overnight yeah. transition, yeah, yeah. but making sure you have a culture where people actually want to work. Um, and then dang, I can go on a whole nother tangent of like when you are going to hire, make sure you're actually like proactive. So many people just place an ad and hope and pray that the fish is going to just show up at your doorstep. And yeah. I'm like, you got to hustle, sister and brother. Like you've got to actually be very proactive on your ads and are people actually showing up on your ads? And then are you also networking with other people? Because usually your best employees are probably not applying for jobs on a job board. They're probably working somewhere and they would be willing to switch or transition. Um, Or it's at a dental college where you're recruiting associates now and hygienists, you're, you're actively mm-hmm. pursuing and courting these hygienists. So I think there's like, it's a very, very, open question, but I'd say first and foremost, check yourself and see, is your place a place that yeah. people want to work? And then second, when you are hiring, be very proactive on that hiring track as well.
1: Yeah, that is so good and so vulnerable. I mean, honestly, to be able to put yourself out there like that, it's very vulnerable. I taught uh, in a dental hygiene program and they just, that's what they do. They give, you you get anonymous surveys of your students all mm-hmm. the time and so every semester at the end of the semester i would read my feedback on me as an educator and it is it's it's fun <laughs> it's, i mean thankfully for the most part it was good but like it it does it takes a whole level of vulnerability and i'm like oh man i don't even know if i want this you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i don't blame people for shying away from that but you really can't you, you really can't change if you don't know how people perceive you totally you know So I love that. Anything you wanna add, Ashley?
2: No, I really, I'm taking notes. I really love the survey. Um, Oh, that's such a good idea. But I I do think that it's gonna take a lot for people to acknowledge um, that they have to ask those questions and that it matters um, because it's, we're such at a pivotal point, like you said, Kira, is like people have a lot of options when um, they're deciding where to work, right? and Mm -hmm. we can't force people to do anything and leadership styles are changing and i think people have to want to work for you you have to make it somewhere that's um you know enjoyable to come every day so the only way you can do that is is by getting feedback i love
1: it that's so good it's scary (laughs) scary. good luck
0: we wish you the best
1: but yes well but the fact i i like what you what what book did you quote there saying about people can't change
0: yeah so raving fans um raving i was recommended that book and read it and i thought but like yeah. to your point katie when you said like let's be real whenever i go for it, i look for like my worst feedback i can have all this great feedback and i literally go look at like what do people think is terrible and mm-hmm. i had to change my perspective on that and realize like thank you team member for believing that I can change. Thank you team member for um, as much as it's hard and it's a massive ego blow on me. Like, let's be real, that's all it is, is my ego just getting in the way of it. But like, please, please be grateful for those team members. Please be so thankful. Like the ones who are the nastiest to you. Like I remember I had a girl and I, I do I fired her on her way to her mom's rosary. Like you can chalk me up to one of the worst people in the entire world, like we had a whole thing in plan. Like I didn't plan to fire her when her mom died. It was like highly inconvenient timing. And I use it as like, no one will ever have a worse fire than Kira Dent, like you really won't. Cause that was like top of the <laughs> charts. But I remember she said like, she looked me straight in the eyes and said, Kira, you were one of the worst human beings I've ever met. And like, as much as that ripped me in half, like we're talking six years later, I still remember that. And I think like I was, I was, I didn't give you honest feedback i didn't tell you where you were underperforming. i just fired you and it was a complete surprise to you versus giving you any feedback and so as hard as some of that feedback can be if you're willing to really listen and to instead like change a paradigm shift and and see it as like those negative comments or those ones that really cut you to your core are an opportunity or an obstacle, like you get to decide how you view it. Is that an opportunity for you to change and shift to actually have a place people want to work? Or are you going to say like, they're they're ridiculous and there's no way that could ever be? Because I've come to realize reality is not how I perceive it. Reality is how my team perceives it. And that's what's true reality. Wow.
1: That Well, that's going on the first part of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so we asked the same question to every guest on our podcast, because growth is so personal. It's it's what we focus on here at Dental Intel, but it can mean so many different things to different people. So what does growth in dentistry look like to cure a dent?
0: Oh gosh, this is a, I think growth in dentistry is innovation. I really do. I think it's yeah. innovating as people, innovating as a, a profession. I mean, if you look at dentistry compared to a lot of other healthcare, Uh, We are pretty stone ages on a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think Dental Intel, Medento, Swell, like they're, they're turning the corner. I mean, people who are saying, Kira, you really are going to have a patient pay before they go to the back. And I'm like, yes. Have you ever been to a doctor's office? Like it is not Mm -hmm. weird. It is very normal. So I think growth in dentistry looks like innovation. And I think those are early adopters, those who are not afraid to innovate, to adopt early to um, change, like Ashley was saying, adopt in leadership styles, adapt your leadership, recognize that, hey, 2021 is the great resignation. 2020 was the great slowdown. Like, look at these things and how can you innovate? How can you create? How can you do things differently? I have on my desk, um, I have an office who literally sent me, and I told him I wanted this. He podcasted with me. It's so cool. He sent a kaleidoscope to a bunch of older doctors and said, are you looking at things differently? And literally said, like, if you're ever looking to sell your practice, like, I'm interested in it. Like, and I mean, I will be honest, his letter is way more polished than just saying, like, are you willing to sell your practice?" It is so loving and kind, but he had two practices literally reach out to him and sell his charts because they got health issues unexpectedly, but he was forefront of their mind. And so I think Mm -hmm. about like that is growth in dentistry to me is the innovation, the thinking outside of the box, the maybe don't just hang out with dental peeps, go talk to people in other industries. Like go, go surround yourself with multimillionaire, billionaires who are not dentists. Talk to people in other industries and innovate and create. Exactly. Because to me, that's where the growth, that's where the fun, that's where the excitement is. And I will quote Tony Robbins. He's one of my favorite people. And he says, Mm -hmm. "Um, progress equals happiness. And so I feel like it's the same thing with growth. Like as we're progressing, as we're growing, that's where the happiness lies. And that's where the contentment, the fulfillment, the excitement all will be. So to me, growth in dentistry is your happiness, your contentment, your fulfillment. And that's why I love dentistry. It's the brightest career. It's the most fun, the most fulfilling. I think it's the best profession we could ever choose to be in.
1: Oh, so well said. So well said. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out today. I know that you're busy with your company and podcast, um, but we really appreciate it. This has been Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Again, special thanks to our guest, Kara Dent. Kara, where do you want people to find you? Um, I'll put a link to your podcast in our yeah. show notes, um, but anywhere else that you want people to check you out?
0: For sure, and thank you so much. Um, if anyone has questions or they want help, um, we do a ton in practice, like all systems, all things systems, anything we can do to help out. Uh, we pair really well with you guys. So you can email us, hello at thedental18.com. You can also check us out at thedental18.com. We have our Facebook group. Our podcast is probably our number one space. So, again, thank you guys. It was a it was a pleasure vehicle for to you today. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. That would be great. Okay. I'll, I will put those um, show notes. I will put those in our show notes and also on our webpage at dentalintalk.com. Thank you again for Ashley for joining me today. And thanks for our marketing department for all their work on this podcast. I'm Katie Polson. Keep growing.